Hello, race fans everywhere, and thanks for listening to the Triad Racing Podcast. I am your host, Randy Pettit, the voice of Triad Racing. No more racing over at historic Bowman Gray Stadium in the Madhouse. We will just have to do without until the month of April 2020 rolls around. But alas, Ace Speedway, just a little bit north of Burlington, is still racing on Friday nights. And if you want to scratch your itch with some great grassroots stock car racing, you can do it at Ace Speedway, and you'll hear me on the PA. And if you always want to come up and say hi, and you're just too many people around or not enough time over at the Madhouse, please come down and see us at Ace Speedway racing on Friday nights. We've got one more Friday night event, and that is on September the 20th. And we'll be crowning limited weight model, modified, mini stock, and extreme division champions for the 2019 season on Friday night, September the 20th at Ace Speedway. And I want to thank uh, all the staff of Ace Speedway, including uh, the owners and promoters, uh, Robert and Jason Turner, for their support this season, giving me a Friday night home and for sponsoring the Triad Racing Podcast on this episode. It's also brought to you by Accelerated Graphics. Accelerated Graphics is owned and operated by Jason Turner, and they do everything from wrapping your race car, your truck or SUV, uh, if you've got a billboard, a sign that you need done, and these guys do a great job with hats, T-shirts, and more. That's Accelerated Graphics. You can find them on Facebook, or I can give you that phone number, and that is directly to my man, Jason Turner, and that is area code 336 266, got to look up that last four here, 5653. Again, that's 336 266 5653. That number will get you right to Accelerated Graphics and Jason Turner. And on Friday nights, that'll also get you a Speedway if you want to call and make sure that uh, you don't have your Friday nights mixed up. And they will be racing at Ace on Friday night, September the 20th, crowning champions of the limited late model, modified, mini stock, and extreme division. Well, and we are in the studio on a Monday night, and we are here to congratulate and celebrate the 2019 champion of the Nichols Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram late models at a speed we at a speedway. We have got Mr. Ryan Millington of Statesville in the house. Ryan, welcome to the Triad Racing Podcast. I know you drove a little further than I did to get in here all the way from Statesville battling the traffic on I-40. Man, I really appreciate you taking some time out on this Monday night to join us here to Triad Racing Podcast. And for you fans listening, you're not familiar, Ryan, um, a teenage racer out of Statesville, North Carolina. I'm going to let him t- tell you a little more about himself, but he has had one phenomenal season at Ace Speedway this season. Congratulations, my man. You not only won the championship this past Friday night, you did it in grand style with your sixth victory of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Friday night was a Friday night was a very good night for us. We um we ended up getting our sixth victory of the year at Ace and our seventh total for the season. So it definitely capped off a good season so far. Well, and you know, a lot of drivers I've I've seen many championships play out in the past at various tracks and a lot of times, drivers are content to lay back there and second, third, fourth, fifth, just come home with a top five, sometimes even just the top ten to bring home the championship. And uh, you went out and did this thing in style, man. You won the pole, and uh, you and your arch rival there at A Speedway, uh, Justin Carroll of Concord, got in a little bit of a skirmish early in that race for the fans that missed it, and and you actually ended up doing something I hadn't seen you do all season. You spun out. Yeah. Yeah, you I spun did. out there early in the season. 
And uh, tell us a little about that recovery from an early spin to come back and win the season finale. Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was tough, but I had a similar incident happen at Hickory a couple years ago where I got in a wreck on a – it was actually on the restart with about 30 to go, and I ended up blowing a tire, and I had to come from the back. So I knew that just hopefully I could, you know, keep my car in one piece still and have enough if uh, a caution came out near the end that I could close back up that I could capitalize on it. Now, you told my buddy Adam with the Burlington Times News that you were driving a little bit mad, a little bit angry in that race, uh, that that kind of got you pumped up and up on the wheel. And, and you even said sometimes you drive a little better that way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, anytime you get spun out or a racing incident or whatever, your your adrenaline, get, adrenaline gets flowing. So that definitely uh, you take a different approach to the whole racing thing when that comes on. Now, if I read things correctly, you've turned 18 recently. Is that correct? Yep, September 2nd. All right, and you you one of these guys that have been racing before you got a driver's license, right? Oh, absolutely. I started when I was seven. Seven years old. Tell us a little bit about your background. Now, I talked to your dad earlier today when I was trying to hunt you down, and he was telling me that your family originally from the state of Vermont and that he was uh, your family and the family of, of NASCAR uh, Hall of Fame announcer Ken Squire knew each other in that small town there. And, of course, Ken Squire, one of the iconic voices of CBS Sports and others broadcasting NASCAR races. And, and your dad and, I guess, uh, his dad yep. knew the Squire family. And, and Ken, when Ken especially was uh, promoting races at Thunder Road Spe- Speedway up there, and from what he said, you guys have actually raced up there, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, my uh, my racing routes run all the way up to Vermont and parts of Canada and everywhere around there. So my uh, my whole family's kind of been around it for, I don't know, probably 40, 50 years. So, yeah, my dad and uh, his father are good friends with Ken Squires from up there. That's got to be pretty cool when you hear these, uh, you know, NASCAR's got some new uh, commercials out uh, promoting grassroots racing and and Ken Squire, one of those voices you hear in the background narrating, that's got to be cool for you and your family to to hear Ken back on the uh, the airwaves again doing something to promote our sport at a level that you're involved with. Yeah, definitely. I remember uh, a few years ago, it was probably four or five years ago now, but Ken announced the Darlington race in some of the throwback announcers, and that was uh, that was cool for my dad to see that. You know, it brought back some old memories for him for sure. Well, of course, Ken, one of the uh, the icons of, of NASCAR broadcasting. I'm, I, I've had the opportunity to hang out uh, with some of those dudes in the past, and uh, one of one of the acquaintances and friends that I made along my way was uh, Winston Kelly. Uh, Winston and his dad Earl, along with me, were the voices of North Wilkesboro Speedway when it was open. And you know, I was a young buck, man. I still had a beautiful head of hair, and you know. Uh, I still got my legs from my 20s, but that's about it. But uh, anyway, way back then uh, in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, we were the announcers at North Wilkesboro, and it was, a, it was a lot of fun to work alongside of guys like Earl and Winston Kelly, who had been around, Earl particularly had been around the sport since the very beginning, one of the very first radio announcers in the sport. And, of course, Winston Kelly, everybody that follows stock car racing knows Winston, the uh, director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame and a legend on uh, the Motor Racing Network for many years and, and a guy I like to call a friend. So uh, it is cool to connect with people like a Ken Squire or a Winston Kelly. Uh, it just takes you back to the roots of the sport. So you started racing at seven years old. Tell us a little bit, um, Ryan Millington, the Ace Speedway late model champion with us here on the Triad Racing Podcast. Tell us a little bit about how you got started. Yeah, well, you know, I kind of grew up around the racetrack. Um, my dad always bring me to races and just spectating, so when I turned old enough really to get in a go-kart, you know, we, we did it. So 
from the time I was seven till about 11, we raced go-karts kind of traveling around North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia. Now, you were born here in North Carolina, from what I understand, correct? Yes, born and raised in Statesville. So your your dad made the pilgrimage from Vermont to North Carolina, like a lot of folks in the racing industry, and I think he's involved in racing to this day, right? Yeah, absolutely. He moved uh, he moved down here to work on a cup team, which was Michael Waltrip at, a to- at the time, and he did that for a few years, and he still raced on the side till probably 99, 2000 when he uh, decided to have me, and then he kind of took a break from that till 2010. He ran a couple races that year, and um, from that point on, we've kind of you know worked on me. Now, now, did your grandfather race, or are you, are you a second or third generation driver? I'm just a second generation. Second generation driver, okay. So, still got it in your blood. Yep, absolutely. So, you ran the go-karts till you got about 11 years old, and then what was your next move when you turned 12? Um, well, it was kind of, I split off two different paths. I started running many outlaw carts on dirt, and at the same time, I was testing a legend car and getting ready to do that for the 2014 season. Did you run any of the summer shootout series like at Charlotte Motor Speedway? Yep. I ran two full seasons of legend cars. So that consisted of, you know, the winter heat, the summer shootout, the big races in Florida, and just traveling all around doing that. It's been a lot of good racers take that path. Uh, My good friend Ronnie Bassett Sr., his boys, uh, Ronnie Bassett Jr. and Dylan Bassett, who are now in the Xfinity Series, kind of went that route with Bandoleros and... uh, Superman from over at the Madhouse, John Holloman IV, who's racing the K&N Series and now moving up to a NASCAR Modified. Uh, John John raced quite a bit down there, too. A lot of great action there at Charlotte Motor Speedway in that summer shootout. Oh, absolutely. That's uh, that's definitely a difficult series to run. You know, those cars are the power-to-weight ratio and that small tire. It just makes them a lot of fun to drive. And you got a little taste of uh, my home track, Bowman Gray, with that layout, the little quarter mile, the little flat quarter mile. They pretty much tried to clone Bowman Gray and drop it in at Sharp Motor Speedway. So Absolutely. I guess if you, if I can ever get you over to the Madhouse, you probably already know the setup, right? Oh, for sure. I've been over there a couple times to watch, and it's always interesting. It is. Uh, it's really fun for me. I go from, uh, you know, it's two different worlds. Bowman Gray, um, you know, is is heavily focused on the entertainment side. There is a lot of great racing there. But, you know, there's probably a little bit more uh, shenanigans, excitement, drama that goes on there than it does many other tracks. Uh, big crowds there. You know, the racetrack is flat. It's a quarter mile. And then we go to A Speedway, uh, which is different but is great in its own right. Uh, a lot more room to race, a wider racetrack, got some banking, a lot more speed in the car. And uh, there's, a, there's a really good core group of fans that have supported A Speedway this season, much like the fans at Bowman Gray do. And it's just growing and growing. What made your team decide to run Ace full-time this season? Was that, was that the intention when you started out, or did you just do so well? You're like, hey, we got to keep going with this. Well, I mean, the big thing for us is, you know, we're a grassroots team, so we got to pay the bills at the same time. So being able to go to Ace, they have really good pay, and it's great competition. So we can really prepare ourselves for Martinsville at the end of the year because the track is so similar to Martinsville that – you can go to Ace for a full season and have such a head start when you go to Martinsville that it really gives you an advantage. Well, you've got um, you've got two signature races coming up uh, a little bit later after this podcast. We'll talk about those in a minute. But first, let's talk about uh, your 2019 season. And before we do that, I want to remind the folks that they are listening to the Triad Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Pettit. I am the public address voice of Ace Speedway, your place for Friday night fun, uh, just a little bit north of Burlington, North Carolina. And be sure to check out the Ace Speedway Facebook page, like it, 
and you can go to aspeedway.net for the latest schedule information, including uh, the complete schedule for a Friday and Saturday edition, uh, sixth annual edition of the Rodney Cook Classic. We'll be talking about that race in just a little bit. That's in October on the 18th and 19th. And the final night of champions will crown the regular season champions that remain at Ace Speedway in limited late model, modified, mini stock, and extreme. And that'll be happening on Friday night, September the 20th. Also want to remind you this program is brought to you by Accelerated Graphics, which is Jason Turner of Ace Speedway. And you can uh, find them on Facebook. You can find them online. If you're looking to wrap a race car, uh, your truck, your wrecker, uh, they do billboards and signs and T-shirts and hats, and they do it with a smile. They do it the way you want. Great price, great service, Accelerate Graphics. Uh, Ryan Millington, uh, 2019 season, Ace Speedway has been pretty kind to you. Uh, you got out of the gate early, and if I remember correctly, you won the season opener, and uh, you just kind of set the tone for the entire season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 2019 was a it was a great season. We had a we had a lot of ups, but you know, at the same time, like you do every season, you have some downs and, uh, you know, we were able to capitalize on those downs and turn them to good. So we learned a lot this year and, uh, I feel like we really progressed throughout the season to the last few races. Um, you know, it didn't really show, I guess the previous two, but we learned a lot this year. That is for sure. Well, uh, one of the things I noticed, uh, kind of the, a common thread and not all, but many of your victories this year, you normally would qualify on the front row and you wouldn't necessarily jump out front and lead the entire race. It seemed to be more your style to, to drop back and run your pace, and then in that last 20, 30 laps, you were right up there at the front uh, trying to make something happen. Where, where did you learn that particular style? I'm going to be honest. It's just I don't know where I learned it. It's always just kind of been my thing just to, you know, when you lay back like that, you always have the security at the end of the race to where, you know your car is going to be good. You know, if you drive hard all night, you never really know if it's going to get free or snug, you know, till really the last stage of the race. So when you just ride like that, there's always going to be a caution, whether it's a competition or a wreck. So, you know, at some point you'll be able to catch back up to the field and then you can race. Now at Ace, we use the uh, commitment cone. We do that at Bowman Gray. We had the Midway, Midway Mobile Storage Restart Cone. And uh, I guess that factors in your decision sometimes that you don't have to be a jackrabbit near early part of the race, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, and I've raced in the, the summer shootout kind of taught me the cone, the cone thing. Cause you can really use that to your advantage. You know, if you fall back and then a couple people choose the inside, you can gain three or four spots going to the top and being able to race up there. Now you've had some different competition throughout the season, but the one, the one thorn in your side all season is a fellow that I, I think you're friends with. It appears to be that way watching you two interact. Uh, Justin Carroll of Concord, uh, you guys uh, came into the final race of the season tied with the same amount of wins, and uh, he was wanting to win that last race to say he could be the top gun, uh, but you were having none of it, man. You guys got into a battle there in that last race, but that was that was kind of typical of your whole season, you and him going at each other. Yeah, absolutely, and, you know, I felt like, I felt like the race Friday night, we had the best car we've had all year, and um, about 50 laps in, I was going to make the pass for the lead, and, you know, we got in a little incident and I ended up getting spun around. So it uh, it definitely just made the win a lot harder than it actually should have been. Now, what do you like racing uh, with a guy like Justin Carroll? He's about your age. Uh, and for the folks that don't know, he's part of the Allen Kowicki Driver Development Program, which simply means that he's a rising young talent just like you. And uh, he he's, you know, good everywhere he goes. And you've shown that as well. What, what do you enjoy most about racing with a guy like Justin? 
Yeah, I mean, Justin's always fun to race with. You know, the big thing is we both come from a backyard shop, and we both got to work on our own stuff. So we really have common courtesy when it comes to racing. You know, we don't tear each other's stuff up. Um, the other night was really the first time we've ever gotten had an altercation. So we've raced really good and hard together. Did, did he text you anything after the race? Have you guys <laughs> ha- had any more say about that, or is it already in the rearview nah, mirror? No, nah, we kind of talked about it at the track and settled everything. So there's no hard feelings there, that's for sure. I got you. Now, you mentioned you work on your own stuff, and when I talked to your dad earlier today, he was saying you were at the shop. So are, do, are you a full-time racer? Is that all you do? Yeah, I mean, last year I was a full-time racer, and uh, this year we brought on Greg Marlowe to do all our stuff. But, you know, we we had a pretty good season with him, but we ended up letting him go um, beginning of last week. So we've took back that role. You know, everything's back at our shop. So all last week we had to go through everything and, you know, get the car re-ready to race for Friday night. So I guess that was a byproduct of, of how poorly you ran um, a couple, not the last event of days, but the one prior to that. Uh, you didn't run very good. In fact, uh, Justin Carroll won that 100-lap race, and 75-lap race, and he could look at his front windshield and he could see the back end of your car about to get lapped. And that was just uh, extremely unfamiliar territory for you at A-Speedway this season. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the last... I felt like the previous three races to the last one was uh, we'd slowly went downhill and I'd have to drive harder and harder. But with three races ago, I won. And um, that was kind of just luck of the draw. But, yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting transition. But we're getting ready to go test Martinsville next Thursday now. So there's been a lot of work going on. Um, and I'm guessing you're talking about the Valley Star Credit Union 300 at Martinsville Speedway. Yes. Uh the Rodney Cook Classic and that 300 lap race, those are two of the biggest premier late model races in the region. Uh, the Martinsville race comes first on the calendar, yep. and then the uh, Rodney Cook Classic. And got to give Jason and Robert Turner credit. They put a little bit of a space in there to give give a lot of drivers time to rebuild their cars. And let's be fa- let's let's be honest that that Martinsville race sometimes just turns into a, a crash fest. Um, how many times have you ran the Martinsville race, and how how have you fared up there? Um, I've attempted to run the Martinsville race twice now. Um, the first time I qualified 16th and we ended up having a motor blow in the heat race. So we didn't, man, that stinks. Yeah, it does for sure. You know, I felt like we had a good car, probably a top 20 run. And, um, last year we went back and we qualified 10th last year and, uh, we ended up having alternator problems in the heat race. So I had to come through the last chance race. I started dead last in the race and I worked my way up to, I was at 14th at the halfway break, and then we had another alternator problem that took us out of the race. So I guess you and your dad are shopping somewhere else for alternators now, right? Yeah, definitely. We, uh, It's actually because the brake fans. We put some bigger motor brake fans on for the race, and it just pulled too much power, and we didn't really realize it. Yeah, one of the challenges of racing at Martinsville, whether you're in a late model or a cup car, is trying to keep those brakes under the car. Absolutely. And I, and I guess you learned up there you, as part of the way – you learn to win a race at Martinsville is by, by, by saving your car, by managing your equipment and being around at the end. Oh, absolutely. Cause you know, Martinsville kind of ends up every year. It seems to end up being like Bowman gray at some stage in the race, you know, something gets interesting and there's a big pileup. So you just got to keep your nose clean at that place and just try to be there at the end of the race in the top 10. It's definitely a survival deal, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. If you can just stay in the top 10, top 15, usually you'll stay out of the trouble, but a lot of times the big wrecks happen from 15th on back. So you've been racing uh, full-body stock cars for how long? Um, three full seasons so far. All right, and and uh, you won the uh, regular season championship also 
at Hickory Motor Speedway, another iconic uh, track here in the region. Yeah, we won that in 2017. We raced there full-time. And let's see, that would have made you, what, about 16, 15, 16? Yeah, 15. I think I turned 16 at the end of the season that year. Now, how was it when you rolled into uh, Hickory Motor Speedway, you know, a teenager uh, in a stock car, he hadn't been in one very long, and you roll in there and you go out front and you see all those iconic names out there on the front of the racetrack, uh, you know, some guys that almost any casual fan could identify, guys like Harry Gant, you know, and, of course, the Jarrett family and, and so many others that have raced at Hickory and made their mark in the sport. Uh, was it a little bit intimidating when you first rolled up there and so, and knew about the history and just saw, uh, you know, all the great ones that had, had laced it up there? Oh, definitely. And uh, in 2016, we ended up running the full season there, too. I, uh, I would have had a shot at running for the championship in 2016, but we missed a few races near the end of the year. I got sick, but we weren't able to get that when we finished second in the points in 2016. And then going into 2017, that was our goal. We were going to run for the championship at Hickory. All right. And um, at what point did you guys decide, okay, we're going to run a speedway this season? You're in Statesville, North Carolina. And, you know, I, I love that racetrack. I always have. I love Hickory, too. There's a lot of really good racetracks. Uh, but a speedway you know i i got acquainted with it uh, when i was doing bo mcgray the first time years ago and i would just go there every once in a while and i really liked the track it was always some good racing and a lot of the bowman gray fans cross over there like me they go over there and check it out because it's close enough um the fact that it's friday night you can go there and you can go to bowman gray too or you can go there and go to sobo or hickory or orange county or wherever you want to go on saturday night but um you know what that's a long haul, man. Uh, that's quite a commitment. And on behalf of the track and all the fans that go to Ace, I want to thank you guys uh, for, for coming to all the races. You know, that's, that's quite a commitment. And on Fridays especially to, you know, to, to rush to get through the traffic and do everything that you got to do to get there. Oh, it definitely is. And, um, you know, we kind of, as I said again, we're a grassroots race team. And we, uh, we had to make kind of a five-year late model racing plan for me where a lot of people will – run two years and then they'll move on to their next deal because they have money and they can afford it. But I kind of got to build a foundation. And so the first two years we knew we were going to run Hickory, just, you know, build our team, get me experience, learn how to race close by. Absolutely. Yep. It was right in our backyard. And after that, we were going to start to really race and travel around. So next year, the plan is going to be to try to run a few more big races, but still run a couple at ACE and some at Hickory and, travel around a bit more so just still trying to learn you know i got you um is there any uh any hope on your part to maybe uh have an opportunity in something like uh you know the arca series or the cars tour or truck race or something like that is that anything that that you and your team have discussed yeah i mean that's actually a couple truck races for next year is what we're working on right now um we have we own a truck right now we uh we're going to do our own deal if we end up doing that, you know, just looking for sponsors right now. But it's looking pretty good for next year that I'll end up running a few truck races. Well, that's cool. Um, when you uh, when you first started racing, um, did you have any idea that you'd be as good at it uh, as quick as you've, you know, you've gotten to hang up pretty quick. You've won a lot of races in a short amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we've never kind of pushed this as a career. You know, my dad's just, he's always been there by my side and we've just, we've worked forward together and he's never pushed me. You know, that's the big thing. It's, it's been fun along the way. And if it turns into a career, great. If not, you know, it's been a lifelong experience that I can say I've been able to do and I've been able to learn and hopefully, hopefully I can make a career out of it. Yes. 
I, I wanted to get your opinion on something, and, and it happened this past weekend. Kyle Busch, uh, you know, Kyle's a guy that he's he's a sore loser. He hates to lose, okay, and he's a he's a guy that wants to win, and you know he's got that fire in the belly, and you can't fault a guy for that. On the other hand, sometimes. Uh, he might could use some pointers on how to lose a little more gracefully. But he made a comment um, that there are guys out there running cup, and I'm sure there's some in Xfinity and some other series too, that have never won at the late model level. Oh, absolutely. You know, you get a lot of those people that, an example, he's doing a great job now, but it's William Byron. When he ran late models, he won one race at Hickory, and then he went on to some ARCA races and K&N races from there, but... A lot of people never spend the time in late models or anything to build a foundation to learn how to race. So when they jump up to that next level to where they're truly ready to perform. I gotcha. And, you know, the sport has became, uh, as I've discussed with many, many people, uh, upon great links, it's became uh, so much of a business, you know, the business side of it, having the having the, the sponsorship and having all the, the marketing machine and all those types of things. Yeah, absolutely. Um Right now, racing is definitely a business. You know, you got to promote yourself and really work at that. But at our level, it's not as important. But progressing forward and trying to build something of, you know, your name, yeah, absolutely. Money and just social media and everything means a is, lot. Is it more satisfying for you when you win these races uh, that you've worked on the car? You, you've you got your knuckles and fingers scraped up and got grease on your finger. I can see the grease on your fingernails right now, and I got a little under mine too. I was working on metal yard art today, but not, not race cars. But I love getting in the shop and fabricating things and painting things and getting my hands dirty, and uh, it's a great creative outlet for me. But does that make it more satisfying for you when you guys do want to race that you know that you have been the one in there, you know, setting the car up and working on it, maintaining it? Yeah, absolutely, you know, and it – I feel like it really pays off. You know, you putting in that hard work, you learn a lot from it. So if you go into a race, you know, it's all, you just got to build knowledge. You know, you go into a race and you have a problem. And if you work on the cars every day and you know this stuff, it makes it a lot easier to resolve that problem or get better throughout a race weekend. You're listening to the Triad Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Pettit, the voice of iconic, historic Madhouse, Bowman Gray Stadium Racing in Winston-Salem, which uh, ended its season in August. And a Speedway, your place for Friday night fun, which will conclude its 2019 regular season on Friday night, September the 20th of 2019 with uh, a pair of limited late model races, a pair of modified races as we crown the champions of both of those series, uh, mini stock and extreme division racing and crowning their champions as well. And we'll have the uh, one of the visiting uh, limited late model tours. The uh, will we'll be there as well. And you know, a lot of great racing. Uh, championship night number two at A Speedway Friday night, September the twentieth. Uh, Ryan Millington and the big one on the horizon at A Speedway. And I know you're going to have your bells on for this one because your buddy, uh, if, if I remember correctly, the defending champion of the Rodney Cook Classic, Justin Carroll, and the Rodney Cook Classic will have the. Uh, uh, practice and qualifying and the must-see TV sprint cars and midget cars and a lot of great racing on Friday night, October the 18th. And then the big one, the Rodney Cook Classic on Saturday, October the 19th. Um, you going to have something for Mr. Justin Carroll with that one? Oh, absolutely. You know, and after both of us going to Martinsville, we're just going to be that much faster at uh, the Rodney Cook race. So that'll be a that'll be an interesting show for sure. Now, you, did you run that one last year? Yes, we did. How How did it turn out for you? 
I honestly don't remember. We I think we qualified third or fourth, and uh, we had some problems or something. We finished eighth or ninth. Are you going to um, feel a, a little greater urgency to, to run really well because you're the champ now? You know, as Rick Flair used to say, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Well, you're the man throughout the season at Ace, and Justin Carroll's the man because he won the Rodney Cook Classic. So I guess you could look at it two ways. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and as it shows this whole season, me and Justin have been the two guys at Ace. So going into that race, I feel like, you know, the eyes are on me and him for that show. And, uh, I have six wins. He has five. So who knows? You never know who's going to win that one. Well, and you know, early in the season, uh, R.D. Smith uh, had a had a really good car. Uh, he was he was up there finishing third a lot. Uh, Dustin Rumley, you know, he had some motor problems early. Came back and had a couple of pretty decent runs. Uh, Trevor Ward has raced around his cars tour schedule at Ace. He won a race, and Trevor's had some podium finishes as well. So those are three, you know, two or three guys right there to to look for as well. Um, you know, in that 15 car, uh, the Bledsoe Mechanical uh, Adam Stowing car, that, that car has come on lately. Uh, Trevor Ward gave that car a good ride, and uh, Heath Causey got in that car. That's a pretty good car. That's just a few of the ones that you expect. And and then the ringers are going to come in, the boys from Sobo and Langley and Orange County and Hickory and some of the other um, neighborhood bullies are going to be coming in. Are you ready for them? Oh, absolutely. That's going to be a fun race. Um you know, last year all the big names came down from up there, and uh, it was a really, really competitive show, so hopefully we'll be this year too. Well, uh, congratulations on a 2019 championship, and I'm going to give you a minute to uh, to thank all your sponsors and crew and all the folks that got you there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, I'd like to thank Carolina Specialty Products, Leisure Time Rentals, Pinnacle Green Lawn Care and Landscaping. Um, I'd also like to thank Bob Seville, Kenneth, Dylan, Brandon Henson, my dad and everybody for all the hard work they've put in this year. What was the uh, what was the most fun part of the season for you at Ace this year? I'd say the highlight of my year at Ace was probably the Cars Tour race. You know that was uh, being able to qualify on the pole and run up front at that race all night was just uh, that was a big accomplishment for me. Yeah, and uh, it it didn't work out where you got the win, but uh, I th- I think you you had a chance to show your stuff and show that you could run with those boys. Yeah, absolutely. You know I had to run in with someone late in that show that. Uh, Kind of held me up for probably 20 or 30 laps, but we had a good car that night and ended up second. And, um, you know, when you get to the racetrack, describe to the fans, you know, how many, that's that's kind of the, the ending. Talk about a typical week getting ready for a race. How, how much time do you spend that shop? What all do you have to do? It's, it's a lot of work to get a race car ready to go race on Friday night. Oh, absolutely. You know, and when you race Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are kind of your break days and, uh, Monday, you got to get back out in the shop and get everything cleaned up, tires cleaned and measured from the race before and decide what you want to do to try to make it better for the next race. And then it's just, it's rinse, wash, repeat. You know, you just got to do the same thing and slowly fine tune and try to make it better. You know, when I first started covering racing, um, racing was more affordable. You could have a guy that maybe had a pretty good job as a mechanic at a, at a big factory somewhere. He might've been a truck driver uh, he might have been a, uh, a heating and air conditioning technician, somebody like that, plumber. You know, a guy's got a regular blue-collar job uh, that could, you know, build him a race car behind his house in a garage and go race on the weekends. And, and you know, if he had some talent, um, maybe he'd have a chance to win. It almost seems like now that if, if you don't buy a car from one of the good manufacturers and, and buy an engine from one of the, the right engine makers and then hire somebody to set it up for you, uh, it, it's getting harder and harder for a backyard racer to have a shot. 
Oh, absolutely. You know, like you said, still somewhere along the way, you got to have some money to support you. You you can't skimp on the motors and the cars and stuff like that. And, you know, luckily this year we've had Bob Seville, and he's let us run his equipment all season. And last year we did the same thing, and he's been extremely, extremely good to us as far as helping us get to the racetrack and pay for the bills at the track and everything. Ace Speedway is, uh, you know, big been a supporter of this podcast. And, and you know, that I, I came aboard with them this year after – working there once in a blue moon doing touring series races and just and admiring that track from afar and as a guy that's tried his hand as a helping promote a racetrack or two um you know it's tough it's hard work to to put on a race and to get people in cars to show up so i think those guys robert and jason are trying to do the right things they got a nice racetrack they both have raced they know how it is uh they both are race fans too and they know what the fans want I think they're trying to do the right things. Um, talk a little bit about what are the things that Ace Speedway has done right and what are some of the things that they maybe still need to work on? Oh, you know, Ace Speedway, it's been it's been great racing there. They uh they have a beautiful facility and they always you give them your money with a smile, you know. They treat you well, they do whatever they can to accommodate you and uh you know, it's just been a lot of fun racing there this year. They don't they don't have too many races. You know, they had 10 or 11 races this season, which is really nice for someone to plan out. You know, it's tough going to somewhere like Hickory and having 20 weekends, you got to go race. You know, somewhere like Ace, you can just, you can pick out 10, 12 races and hit a couple big places elsewhere, you know, other weekends. But uh, Ace has just been, it's been a lot of fun this season. It's been a struggle for, for uh, many tracks in the region to get enough cars. Um any advice uh, for the promoters of, of anything they can do to, to get more people to, to get their ass off the couch, you know, to come and watch the race. And, uh, you know, if they've got a car to get that thing out and spend a little money on it and go racing, it just seems like uh, some of the passion for the sport, even in our area, which is a hotbed for racing, is starting to diminish a little bit. And as a, as a guy that's been around racing a long time, and you being a second-generation driver is something we hate to see. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I feel like – I feel like one of the things that's kind of seemed to pull in fans is, you know, rivalries at the track. You know, Bowman Gray, you got... Yeah, I was kind of hoping you and Justin Carroll would maybe get out and, you know, do a little WWE there on the front stretch, but no. nah, it didn't happen. No, nah, it didn't for sure, but, you know, at Bowman Gray, you got 10 or 12 different rivalries in every single class, and you come to Ace, and, you, you know, you got me and Justin, and in the Limiteds, you've had David Latour and, you know, so many other people racing for the wins, and that brings in fans, you know, and they can come and say, you know, I support Ryan Millington or I support Justin Carroll, and every week they come to support their driver. And a lot of times when you get these people coming in with money, they have no connection with the racer. And you got to get more of the grassroots guys back into the support, into the sport to bring in the fans, in my opinion. Well, we want to congratulate you one more time. Uh, we're talking to the 2019 champion of the Nichols Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Late Model Division at A Speedway. Uh, won six races, uh, only finished out of the top three uh, once or twice all season. You know, had a had a phenomenal year. Uh, and, you know, one of the things I've enjoyed watching is you've always done it with class. Uh, even if you had your tail handed to you, you know, you didn't, you know, you didn't pop off or anything. You just said, hey, you know, I got beat tonight, and you guys went to work. And sure enough, you come back the next race right on your A game, and that's always cool. And I enjoyed as an announcer and as a as a guy pulling for the racetrack the fact that even when maybe you had the best car, you didn't always show your hand and run away. You put on a good show for the fans, and that's much appreciated. And 
I want to wish you luck um, up at Martinsville, and I will see you again at the Rodney Cook Classic in October. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me, Randy. All right, and I'm Randy Pettit, your host of the Triad Racing Podcast, and our final thanks to Ace Speedway and Accelerated Graphics for bringing you this edition of the Triad Racing Podcast, and we'll see you at the track at Ace Speedway on Friday night, September the 20th for the Champions Night Round 2 as we crown the limited late model, modified, uh, mini stock and extreme champions of a speedway in our final regular season event. And of course the Rodney cook classic, the sixth annual Rodney cook classic, the signature event for a speedway will roll off on Friday night, October the 18th. You can check out the schedule at aspeedway.net or just like the a speedway Facebook page and look for the post on the Rodney cook classic must see TV sprint cars, man. Those things are bad to the bone. They'll be running laps Two and a half, almost three seconds faster than the late models at a speedway. High horsepower, high downforce, low weight, and just awesome to watch. You got to see them. You'll see midget car racing, and that's all on Friday, uh, October the 18th, along with practice and qualifying to set the field for the sixth annual Rodney Cook Classic at a speedway. And Saturday, man, we have got racing galore. Uh, the Rodney Cook Classic with several complimentary races, a full day, Friday and Saturday at Ace Speedway. Come check us out. I'm your host, Randy Pettit. Thank you for listening. Please share this podcast and thank our sponsors, Ace Speedway and Accelerate Graphics. And we'll see you at the track.